Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we will be covering chapters 13, 14, and 15 of The Great Hunt. From Stone to Stone, Wolf Brother, and Kinslayer. Enjoy. All right, welcome to season two, episode seven um, of The Great Hunt. Getting right into it, it's actually episode 31 for us since we started this. Moving right along, and before we get any further, a couple of things, a couple of shots, a couple of big things I want to talk about that we have going on. So first of all, uh, we do have a Patreon that upped their level. So thank you, Zul, for upping her level to, uh, to a higher tier. No new patrons this week, but we do appreciate when when people decide to get raised from novice to accepted, or from accepted to Aes Sedai, or so forth and so on. So, um, did she go do, high we, enough? Did she go high enough where I have to fly out there and cook her lunch now? Is that lunch or dinner? Is we haven't created dinner tier that tier yet. We, we still haven't created that okay. tier. That, uh, we're, that, we're, that we're one's still at getting, least three grand. Yeah, that's a three grand tier where Ian will fly yeah. out to no, I'll, wherever I'll you cook live for you. and cook for you. Um, and if you request yeah. breakfast, it's not like nudge and wink breakfast. It's not that kind of service, but, you know, breakfast is an option. Can I get the pancakes? <laughs> so another thing that happened since last week is we hit 10,000 downloads. So um, I promise that once Yay. we hit 10,000 downloads, we do a giveaway. So... I announced on Twitter um, last week that we would be doing a giveaway and that we would be announcing live on our stream. So we had a hundred or ninety-one people that qualified. So you had to like, retweet, and comment. And the winner is number thirteen. So that would be Sky. On our, it's at Jane Sky Colt. On Twitter, that's her handle at Jane Sky Colt. Nice. Uh, Sky e is the winner of Great Hunt. I will be DMing uh, them, uh, just sliding into those DMs to uh, <laughs> get uh, get some mailing information so I can send uh, send that book out. Um, and then uh, I'm not going to actually announce that on Twitter quite yet. So I promised Matt Hatch as well that I would. I'm going to announce it again tomorrow night because tomorrow night I'm on the Dusty Wheel. So that's another fun thing uh by the time you guys have listened to this this podcast will come out next tuesday uh, i hopefully you already saw me <laughs> so um but tomorrow night, I I'll done did it. tomorrow night i'll be on there and then uh but uh but there's but a yeah. thing but there's some a, stuff but yeah uh-huh. so i will be i will be on the dusty wheel tomorrow and then next week rob for the weekly Wait, are we wheel- to watch that no you're not allowed to watch it no no uh- no, you why can't do you, watch why'd you even ask? Why? Come on. Yeah. Why, why? You know, I, I just no. wanted one yes. I'll get around eventually. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll, you'll get you'll get a yes eventually. No, you can't watch that one. But yeah, so I'll tell you what you can watch. There are stuff you can watch. Uh, I'll, I'll send you some stuff. Anyway, so um, Weekly Wheel News. Rob from Weekly Wheel News is going to be our guest host next week. So he'll be coming on to the podcast with us uh, next Tuesday to do our next episode. So excited to have him there. If you've seen his stuff online, uh, it's great tabloids all about Wheel of Time. 
Fantastic stuff. And on Thursday, this has been announced as well, I'm going to be on the Way of the Leaf YouTube stream live um, with their first-time reader, Todd. So the puppets, yeah, they're the puppets, guys. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. If you guys want to come back on Thursday. So this week's really busy for me because I have literally, like every night, I'm recording tonight, Dusty Will tomorrow, Way to Leaf Thursday night, and then at some point I have to edit this podcast. Yeah, so it's going to be... My wife, my wife's gonna really love me. I, I think just, for this one, you should just go raw. Just go raw, or, Chris. <laughs> Chris, how about this? How about you and I? Let's do Alan a favor, and we'll just we'll be perfect on this episode, so he won't have anything to edit. Didn't you say you were gonna lower the quality? Mm-hmm. Ah, fuck. <laughs> Make up your mind, man. <laughs> Shit, I did it again. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, not, the- it's not like I said bomb, bomb, yeah. bomb, 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 bomb. And then the final thing is we are in the final stages of getting our merchandise together. Um, we've gotten some previews of some of the stuff. Uh, we should have a merch store. I haven't gotten an update yet. I, I sent an email to get an update of when official launch date is going to be. So all I can tell you right now is it's coming. Um, we will have a merchandise website up and running at some point, probably within the next week or two. Uh, but I can't guarantee that. Once I have a launch date, I'll blast it everywhere on, on social media when we're actually up and running. So look for that. See if I can buy the cool merchandise. Uh, uh, we're, we're stealing from Dusty Wheel and we're having Frosty Mugs too. Ha. Huh? <laughs> so, hey, uh, yeah. All right. I'm going to challenge you. Since, since we make so much money off of the podcast anyways, and we don't want to get too <laughs> rich with this, what I'm thinking is for the uh, Team Pater t-shirts – that needs to yep. be our cheapest product. It needs to be sold at cost so that everybody is encouraged to get one. I want everybody wearing a Team Pater t-shirt. Team, team Pater shirt, yeah. Make that one almost nope. as free as it can be. Well, I mean, our markup is not much anyway. But, yeah, um, I can take away our markup for a Team Pater shirts. Yeah. Yes. Do that. Yeah, why not? That Those, those, those will just be like, yeah, we won't, we won't get any money for Team Pater shirts. Uh, we won't <laughs> so take a excited. Because otherwise but, no one really – buy it because he's he's honestly the worst dark friend ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah but they're, they're, that's gonna be a great t-shirt but that one's not ready yet so that's gonna be eventually that's like the initial launch is not gonna have team painter shirts yet so we have a couple shirts that aren't ready yet that are gonna be coming but team painter's one uh, <laughs> the worst dark friend ever um, yeah so we'll, we'll definitely uh uh let you guys know when that comes and that's about it for little things I have. Uh, as far as personal life, I got a lot of that stuff going on. We got slammed by a storm last night. So, like, my backyard's a complete disaster. Um, and, and hockey started back up. So, I got to watch the Caps lose last night. So, yeah. a, lot, a little tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, got to watch hockey, though. So, hockey's starting. And, yeah. And it survived a tropical storm slash hurricane. That's really a tropical storm by the time it hit us. Uh, it's still had a couple of tornadoes, a couple of trees down, about half of half of our cities without power still. Um, we'll get there. That way. Yeah. So, anyways, what about you guys? What's going on in your life? Uh, I am in this weird transition mode. Uh, you know, full disclosure, I, I mentioned to Alan and Chris before we started that I, I've been in a bit of a funk the last couple of days. Um, man, if, if you go all the way back to when we started our live podcast, um, 
when COVID was kicking off and, and I made a little mental health blip and everybody's talked about it, about how everybody teleworking, working from home and <clears throat> how it's going to cause issues. Well, so I'm a pretty social person. So this teleworking thing was already tough. Uh, but then I did six weeks straight with my kids and we were just, I mean, I, I was all over the place, vacationing everywhere, uh, out to the beach, fishing, you name it, we were doing it, bike rides. Uh, and then they went home with their mom and they're traveling with their grandparents right now. So it's literally me, the dog that you hear barking in the background, uh, and work. And work friends aren't like friends, friends. So anyways, the, the last couple of days, it's just kind of like, it's hit me. I've been, I've been struggling. Uh, I've been reaching out to, to family and friends. So I mean, like, I'm okay, but uh, definitely feeling those stresses and, and that transition from going a million miles an hour to like, it's just super quiet, strange. Yeah. And, 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 um, and Marley apparently wants to be on the podcast because she will not stop barking. <laughs> okay. If she keeps barking, I'll have to bribe her with treats. Uh, but I do apologize. There's really nowhere I can put her. And she's also not the type of dog that you like put her in another room. She technically owns this house. So mm-hmm. if she barks, y'all are just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't get yelled at. She's a good doggy. He's a good doggy. <laughs> Come here. Yeah. She sees rabbits outside. Yeah. You know, I eat those rabbits. <laughs> well, I hope, you know, maybe, maybe I'll, I can convince my wife and we'll come visit you this weekend again. And then there yeah, we go. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, we can go hang out, bring the kids up. So um, we'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll see if she says yes. Um, how'd you, Chris? I'm doing good. Um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I will be finishing my classes on Saturday. I give my final nice. presentation, and I will have met all the criteria up until this point to be a licensed teacher. And then I am submitting my last few documents for my certification. So I'll be a plot teacher, which is personalized learning over technology teacher. Um, I'll be one of 80 in our school district. And that's a very small number since we have more than 80 teachers in one building and we have 40 schools. Um, (laughs) So that's pretty neat. And then, um, I uh, got, you know, work always is going on, but I'm transitioning. Uh, my last day working in IT for the Newport News Public Schools is on tomorrow. I didn't have to work yesterday, and I may not have to work tomorrow, which is great. <laughs> and then I will actually be doing something I haven't done in a very long time. I am taking a vacation. Yes, and sir. <laughs> headed down to South Carolina to visit family. Um, before doing that, I'll be stopping in to meet a new friend. So, <laughs> a new young lady in my life. So, no, Jay Wink. That is pretty awesome. She's, you know, seems to be a very phenomenal person. I've enjoyed the numerous hours of conversation that have kept me up beyond my normal bedtime, which you guys know I try to stick to. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. excited to to finally be able to put a physical body to the voice and determine how much further this relationship is going to go, which I think it will actually become just that actual relationship, though she's quite a distance out. Yeah. Yay. That's awesome. <laughs> so all you know, despite everything, I remain a hopeless romantic, and that just gave me goosebumps. I'm super happy for but, you, man. Man, like I'm t- I, I have never felt more poured into in my life. So, and she's definitely one to 
keep me accountable and to do so with love. So even though we've really only been talking for about a month, um, I really think that there's something there. So I can't wait to explore it. I love it. Awesome. That's cool. I'm excited for you. You'll have to keep us keep us all and uh, up to date and let us know how. Uh, since I'll be on vacation, I'll actually actively use Discord. <laughs> no there way! You go. That is a, that, there's the word. <laughs> Chris is going to be on Discord. You hear it first. Here first. Here first. All right. Um, so next thing, yeah. So let's go ahead and in predictions and write the episode. Um, so. Couple of predictions, and uh, some of these are from last week. Some of them are from you know a few weeks ago, or actually, I think one's actually from a while ago. But just this episode, it kind of might come true, maybe sort of. So I brought it back up. So one was uh, loyal, really likes stones. Uh, that was a prediction or comment you guys had. Uh, but the voice in Rand's head is from his previous lives. I think Ian said that. Um, we went back to Moraine being Black Aja again last episode. Um, and then Chris, a while ago said there's something with multiple universes. Oh yes. He made that prediction a while ago. So the multiverse. So, (laughs) so yeah, we get to get into this fun episode. So any other predictions you guys remember from last time? Alan's a dark friend. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. I I mean, ultimately Jordan's going to take us all through the multiverse and we're going to run into Marvel characters and that's how we're going to end this series. (laughs) Yeah. Because the series ends with with Batman nuking Gotham. We know this. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, if let's be honest, if Dr. Strange is the one playing stones or at least helping Rand, we're we're totally going to win because he, he could just keep looking ahead at all the different possible futures and know which way to go. There you go. Yep. Anyway, awesome. <laughs> so, Show's over, guys. That's it. We solved it. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, uh, someone just someone just typed in chat. Moraine kills Dumbledore, and that that's the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she did it. I, I knew it was a snake. I'm literally arguing with somebody right now about how Snape is an awesome person, um, and yeah. she's adamant that I'm incorrect. And you know what? I actually agree with her, but I can't say that in a forum that she can hear me <laughs> because the argument is so good. Yeah. So let's move right into this uh, chapter, chapter 13, from stone to stone. And the icon is a new one. Um, that it, it looks kind of funny. Uh, it looks weird. It's kind of a, it's a stone <laughs> <laughs> with, with all these letters, weird writing on it. No, that's not a stone. That just looks like a very comfy camping spot. So let's say you were stopping somewhere one night on a long, grueling trip. You should cuddle up next to it and take a nap. Okay. With a kid-sized tent? Yes. With two people in a kid-sized tent. Sounds about right. Mm -hmm. I think this has happened before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah. So, Chris, any thoughts about from stone to stone and you know it's hard to give thoughts when you read the chapter but when i first saw the icon i was like that's some type of seal like maybe this Mm -hmm. is like either a portal or you know because i was thinking mario like maybe we slide the cover off and there's like sewage water but you hop in and you go to another world like yeah there's flowers (laughs) shooting fireballs (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah Oh, but then yeah. it also like 
kind of made me think that maybe it was uh, <laughs> some type of like container holding maybe Beelzebub in it. Like maybe it was a representation okay. of that. And then of course I read the chapter and was like, ah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So let's get right into it. Um, so Rand wakes up and everything's different. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of freaks out because everyone's gone. Um, Almost everyone. Almost everyone. So he looks around and Loyal's there and Heron's there, our sniffer. And yeah, everyone's else there. And now the little stone that Loyal was kind of examining is this very large stone that's really ornate and has all these markings on it and different color steps going up to it, like kind of like a dais. Um, if, that's kind of at least how I picture it in my mind's eye. Um, like this column with markings and like these different color steps. Um, it kind of describes everything he's looking at. Rain quickly wakes up um, Loyal and Heron to say, like, make sure he's not dreaming. And everything's weird. Everything's like a little paler, like like muted. It's just really, really strange. So let's let's start with the thoughts on this whole scene and the description of the stone and and what what you guys are initial thoughts were reading this like what you think did you think he was in a dream at first or or yeah no well this didn't match up to any of the other dreams and his interactions with loyal and our <laughs> sniffer um it, it like i said it wasn't like any other dream so i wasn't thinking that but uh, again, Jordan is very deliberate in how he writes, and just his his mentioning initially and then throughout the chapter of how there's just something a little bit off, a little bit different about this place that they are that makes you think as a reader that, okay, they're not in the same world, whether that be um, a different time or going back to the multiverse thing or is it a, a shadow world um, or is it an, an echo of the past? Um, but either way, they're physically there. So, and not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but this is where Alan is a dark friend. Okay. Uh, early on, I told you guys, like I had a stronger, like science fiction background. Right. And Uh, it wasn't that he was guiding me on how to think, but he mentioned, he was like, well, just remember it's a fantasy novel. So try not to overplay the sci-fi stuff. But if we're talking about a multiverse type scenario, (laughs) which we could be, um, or even if it is time travel or an echo of the past or something, I mean, there's some sci-fi flair to this, whether y'all fantasy folks want to admit it or not. So Again, I don't know 100% where we are or what's going on, but Alan is definitely a dark friend. Yeah, well, that's my job here. <laughs> Chris, Chris, your thoughts? Um, I mean, this goes back to my multiverse theory. So we are in a mere universe or of the actual universe. I mean, they, they were transported there by the power of the stone. Like that's right now a definitive thing for me mm-hmm. i don't see that it could be anything else it's definitely not a dream because he's there with two other people and they wake up out of sleep into this and yes you can wake up in a dream but you're not going to have three conscious flows of thought going on and then they start tracking and then we kind of go forward in time and we see that they're missing so they have definitely been transported elsewhere into another universe. 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so one Chris, that's just slightly disconnected from. Like, again, it could be just like a mirror of the actual universe, so it feels slightly disconnected and grayed out because there's like a film mm-hmm. between the worlds and like light is not getting through. I mean, that's just yeah, me thinking too deep into it, but hmm. there you go. Now, so as they're trying to figure this out and they're talking back and forth and, you know, Rand's trying to pull from Loyal what he knows – and loyal quotes, um, neither do I ran. Most of it sounds like this. If a woman go left or right, does time's flow divide? Does the wheel then weave two patterns, a thousand for each of her turnings? As many as the stars, is one real, the other's merely shadows and reflection? You see, it was not very clear, mainly yada, yada, yada questions. So this is... Man, and then so we're we're talking about we're talking about the Marvel universe. So now I'm I'm also thinking about um, what's his name, Doctor Strange, looking mm-hmm. through the bazillion different outcomes depending on what choices were made. But um, this it, it's leaning very heavily towards that multiverse scenario, and like for and and there's an infinite amount of them because for each person, for every choice they run into, and every action they take there's a bunch of different choices they could have made or could have taken. And then that, you know, there's a reality for each one of those sort of things. So that's just mind boggling to think about. Mm-hmm. It, it is. And when I read that, all I could think of was, and I hate to go to Marvel. I hate to go to Dr. Strange, but those, the entering of the, the world, oh man, what was the name of the world that they entered to train in. Was it the mirror oh, world? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It just reminded me of the, the mirror down world, world. The upside the down mirror world. world the mirror know. world. <laughs> so, like, that's kind of what I felt like when I started reading this. Is Maybe it's not an, another universe, but a mirror image of the current universe, which would then make it <laughs> a different universe in and of itself, because though it is a mirror, it's not the exact. It's, it's a duplicate. So, yeah. and it's somewhere kind of in between wherever Shaitan is and where, and I'm skipping too far ahead in my mind, so sorry. Sure. But somewhere in between where Biazaman is and the actual physical plane. So it is a different plane. It is part of a multiverse. Right. Or kind of like when Frodo slips on the ring and he's like, he's there, but he's not there. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and it's a really... You know, when you focus on him wearing the ring, that world that he's in is strange. It's it's dimmed. It's grayed out. It's, you know, all the physical things are still there, but it's just different. And then obviously people on the real plane can't see him. So, yeah, Precisely. crazy. Yeah. So, you know, at this point, as, as well, they talk about the stone itself. They describe the stone, and Loyal gives a little history about what he thinks he knows these stones are. So he's read about these stones before. <laughs> um, and you hinted to that. You talked about the worlds, but he also talked about the stones. Um, that they, they take you to other worlds is what was written, but not much is known about them, except that there's a ton of them everywhere, but no one really knows where they are. But apparently, there. Well, I like everywhere. this one quote. <laughs> he said, "Or 
one very like it, and underneath it said, from stone to stone run the lines of if between the worlds that might be. Mm -hmm. Worlds yeah. in plurality, as in multiverse. <laughs> sure. So going to keep pushing that. Yeah. So, yeah. But of course, there's and, also and the, the and these stones, that... these stones predate the power. Well, or yeah. the, the Age of Legends. This is something mm -hmm. that the Aes Sedai used during the Age of Legends, but it was it was there and not necessarily right. tied to the the One True Power. And I think Loyal's starting to gain some some knowledge here. I think he's starting to see things a little bit more clearly. He's like, it definitely takes an Aes Sedai to use this. It's like, we don't really have an Aes Sedai around here, but we are here, so something <laughs> screwy is going on here. Right. And Rand starts to blame himself, you know, thinking he might have done it. Um, yeah, he you know, did the, do it when he fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He was embracing the void, and he transported them to another universe. Yeah. Well, if you go back two chapters, it does say he did embrace the void as he fell asleep. Or purgatory, yeah. one of the two. Yeah, I, I hope in the show. I hope in the show they don't make loyal seem like super clueless. Because, like you said, Chris, it seems like there's opportunity here, and there's some language where he's starting to put two and two together about Rand. He's got to go so like hopefully as he right. So as he makes these suggestions about how it requires an eye to eye and whatnot, I hope in the show, like he's looking at Rand knowingly, like, okay, now's the time for you to. Tell us a little That's something. Up. That's up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. And so next you have Huron, um, who turns to Rand and is telling them, you know, that uh, he's a lord and asking him to lead. And, and Rand doesn't want to be a lord <laughs> at all. <laughs> but he's, he's having a tough time here. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about this whole interaction. What your thoughts are, how Rand's reacting. Um you know, just about all this. Rand will be what he has to be when the time comes. Didn't Moraine say something to that effect a few chapters back? Well, Inktar Ink said something to that effect as well. Inktar has said something. I think Moraine does. Moraine does too. She says it's to the uh, Amulet Seat. That was one of the first things. Okay, yeah. In Summoned, in the chapter yeah. summoned. Uh -huh. okay. So, like, that's like replays in my head every time he takes on a responsibility that he may not necessarily want to take on, but he's kind of forced into, he's not even really forced. He could just deny it and then let her and be nervous, but he's taking on that responsibility. He's still cynical about it. A shepherd's house and a shepherd's honor, but I'll make them do as well as a Lord's. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's, it's not, we're not at the point where Rand is totally putting on this mantle and saying, all right, I'm going to be the hero. It's not that he's, he's pressured into it and kind of guilted into it. If uh, with the sniffer coming, it does two things that are really cool. Like one, it, he, he guilts Rand into taking charge, uh, doing the whole, Oh, my wife, I need to get back to her and blah, 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 blah. And if it, I feel like if it was just Rand and loyal, Rand would be looking to loyal like, dude, what the F do we do? But but Rand is kind of taking charge here, really, because he's being guilted into it. And then the other cool part about the sniffer being here, uh, as we figure out 
moving forward is what it forces Perrin to do and reveal himself a little bit. So that's cool as well. So, I mean, I, I get that and I agree with it all. Um, and you're right. It is more about the guilt of having brought them here. Cause he, he was thinking, he said, I brought them here. I must have. So, um, so I have to get them back. And that means, and then he starts attempting to channel, which is really cool. This is like the first instance where he semi-successfully channels on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in front of in front of these two, if he were successful, they would have known immediately yeah. that he was able to channel. But he was desperate. I mean, he kind of, you know, I mean, he's heard stories now from Loyal that these stones can only be used by Aes Sedai, so obviously the power needs to be used. And I mean, doesn't want to be stuck here forever, so what other choices does he have? <laughs> well, you know, um, I don't think he was as desperate because when he is desperate, then the power seems to work on his part. Well, it takes him over. Yeah. Sure. He almost loses control and the power just does what needs to be done. And then mm-hmm. here he's trying to actually channel, he's trying to actually control the power because he wants to help his friends out and he wants to get away. So it's almost like he has to kind of surrender to the power for it to be used. But but then he fails. And the void shattered well, into a thousand razor shards, slicing his mind. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't surrender this time. He was trying to control it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. As is grimly, he forced the thoughts to stillness. He could feel sweat beating on his face. Determined, he kept on pushing his fears into the consuming flame, making it grow and grow. And the void was there. Like, and then that's when he like felt Satan. So he really was forcing it, and because he was forcing it, it almost had like a negative reaction. And of course, he could feel the taint, the rancid oil, um, the stinking oil. So he was very, very aware of it, and he was grasping for it, but it was just simply escaping him. So there's something to that. It almost seems like our Siddhar is able to be controlled and manipulated as where Satan has to be allowed to control and manipulate. Okay. Well, and, and not to get stuck in this spot for too long, but uh, something else I wrote in my notes with question marks is when we were at the eye of the world, the actual eye of the world, it was a pure form of the power. It was the pure form of the male half of the power. Yeah. And because of that, there was no taint. And that's what was running through him. I'm is the way I read it. Yeah. But here, him trying to reach out, he was reaching through the tainted version. Mm-hmm. And but you and, realize and it, got him, and it got him all messed up. Even the purest form took him over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but moving forward, is that gonna be what what he has to find out that look, you trying to tap into this tainted version isn't gonna work because it is tainted. It will mess you up. It will leave your mind uh broken, what is it, into a thousand razor shards slicing up your mind. Mm-hmm. So is there still an opportunity? Is there still a way for him to, I guess, not tap into, but allow that pure source that we ran into at the eye of the world to work through him? And maybe maybe that's how he actually operates as the true dragon? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All good questions. Yeah, all, all, all good questions. Well, Rand finally... Yeah. So, so eventually, Rand does give up on trying, and Hurin um, then says, "Well, I got the trail, 
and they're like, wait, you still have the trail? And it's like, yeah, they must, dark friends must have came here because I can still follow the trail here. So they decide. Yeah. To it's faint. Trail. It's faint. But Pale it's like there. everything else. Yeah, but it's there. So they decide to start mounting and, you know, ran, they, so they mount first and then Rand asks Loyal what he thinks. <laughs> um, you know, of course, Loyal has his little thing, but, uh, <laughs> but Rand reassures Loyal saying, you know, I will get you guys back. I promise I'll, you know, I'll figure, find a way. Um, and they kind of, you know, had this whole theory going on that if the dark friends could have got here, then if we find them, they could make us, they, we could find a way back. So, yeah, and we can find other stones. They're scattered everywhere. You said yeah. it yourself. Mm-hmm. Even though so, we found, yeah, so. right. And they barely accidentally stumbled on that one. So I good luck. I enjoy the fact that he thinks the three of them can get the dark friends to do anything. He's yeah. definitely lost his mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then they at this point they head out. Um, it does describe some weird things about like when they look at the distance. It's strange how things move. Uh, and they're heading south from the trail, and they also say that you know that monument is a three days ride south, and uh, maybe we'll get to actually see the monument because it's not the real, real world. Uh, so that's kind of where we end the chapter. So oh wow, eight, that was fast. Yeah, I know this was a short chapter. It's a lot of stuff in it, but it's a short chapter. Um, so, any thoughts? No, it's just really, really interesting to see Rand take another leadership role-ish type thing. Sure. And do you think? Do you think he's doing it confidently, or do you think he's like I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where like the odds are totally stacked up against you, but you just kind of pull up your britches and say, "All right, we have to step forward in a direction." Oh yeah, I definitely have been. One of those yeah, things I, where, like, I, I got more playing dodgeball in high school, and you just so happen to be on the other team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're you're the team? last man against six people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta try, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Chapter 14, Wolf Brother. So the icon is, drum roll. A moose. It's a moose. Oh, a wolf. Oh, it's a moose. Oh, it's a moose. Okay. So I was confused. I thought it was a moose, but you're right. It's a wolf. That should be our clip. There it is. (laughs) There it is. There it is. (laughs) 
I, I got up my headphones on because my dog hears howling. <laughs> insane. So, like, we have a uh, Google Home, like an Alexa, um, and um, I'll tell it to make gray wolf noises all the time. <laughs> like, what sound does gray wolf make? And then she just loses it because she'll start howling along with the wolves. Uh, she thinks awesome. she's, she's just so. talking to her people. She is. Yeah, she is. So, but my son, who's two and a half, tries to howl, but he's not. You know, he's not old enough to really make a good howl. He's a pup howl. You know, so, <laughs> it, it, so he tries, and, and my dog just looks at him like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> you ain't grown. <laughs> you ain't grown. I ain't howling for you." <laughs> anyway, so. Moving on. So what do you think about the title? I mean, it's Wolf Brother. So I guess you guys guessed what it's about, right? You know, I wasn't sure when I read the title. I just, <laughs> nothing about me wanted to think what happened was actually going to happen. Uh, no. So I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but uh, almost all of this chapter, as far as parents concerned, was predictable for me. We talked about it before. Um, that there might be some sort of connection between what the sniffer does and Perrin as a wolf brother, and maybe the that ability might derive from the same source, or maybe not. Anyways, but we knew mm-hmm. they had some similar abilities. Uh, we saw right. Perrin's reactions um, to the sights and smells and everything as well. So again, with the sniffer gone in this other dimension realm shadow world multiverse whatever we want to call it right now uh we, we kind of knew i well i knew Perrin would have to step up and um i guess i i could say i i didn't know exactly how that was going to work out but i wasn't surprised as i read i'm gonna yeah. make to differ slightly with you um, well that you that's not begging beg i want to hear i want to hear you beg <laughs> please <laughs> please <laughs> <laughs> that, good? that, good that was good. I'm actually like on my knees right now. So, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the the powers that that are nothing alike. Like yeah. our sniffer, he is like an empath. Though he uses his nose, he's feeling death. He's feeling all of these kind of like things that happen. It's almost like he's sniffing out moments in time or emotions in time as to where Perrin has to call on his brothers and sisters, his wolf siblings, to help him track the dark friends. Like he can smell oh, them, that. like their physical being, you know, off in the distance. So he kind of has a general idea but he has to call on his peeps to really help him out, which excited me because I'm like, he's finally embracing his connection with the wolves and it came so easy for him, which, you know, unlike the power, um, like unlike Satan, like this is something that's just natural. So it's almost like Satan and Sadar are not as natural as whatever this old entity of this old power is. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to see if maybe Satan and Sadar are some type of man-made creative power or something, you know, like a tool needing, that they can use rather than a natural ability. Well, now I feel bad because you really didn't need to beg because those were valid points. 
It's, <laughs> it's actually well thought out. Yeah. Uh, at least I'm right. so cool, you guys. There you go. <laughs> so we'll get right to this, this chapter. So it starts with Inktar freaking out. Like, God. they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> <laughs> like, Inktar is losing his collective shit right now. Like, why are they gone? Where did they go? And Inno comes out to get his report. He's like, there's no tracks. It's like, that is not what he said. Ian, if your people report to you. <laughs> There's no goat kissing tracks. <laughs> not a goat kissing track, my lord. <laughs> it's like, Ian, if your people come to you and say, huh, I don't know what happened. They were in the middle of our camp and then they're gone. How would you feel? Yeah, that is that is not a good enough report. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And and so Matt's right there. He's like, maybe they ran away. Inktar's like, shut your mouth like they, they did not run away like i mean think about it like ran left with loyal which that might make sense they're friends but but her is, is is my guy you know like he would leave he knows his duty and he does ran knows his duty too like there's no way that they, they, they would leave and run away um and parents so, over the corner just kind of trying to puzzle it out the entire time uh but he can't make sense of it either um yeah so let's start with this whole scene before Perrin kind of steps up. Yeah, it's like three men and three horses don't just vanish. Go over the ground again, Uno. If anyone can find where they went, it's you. He said, Fran, the builder, my sniffer, my sniffer. <laughs> Why would any of them run, much less all three? So he, he really is just like, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. This makes no sense. He's like, you know, one of them leave, two of them leave, sure. All three of them, why? And then how in the world can horses and people make it past us, some of the greatest warriors in the land? Like, mm-hmm. we, I have my, my top guys here. I think I'd be pretty freaked out, too, for more than one reason. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think in, in this situation, considering their skill set and how awesome they are at what they do, Inktar is probably much less concerned about trying to figure out if they would have left on their own free will or, or whatnot. I think he's more freaked out that there's just absolutely no trace. Like that's the part that makes no sense because these guys are, like I said, they're, I mean, this, this is their bread and butter. I mean, all through the blight when they're running around up there, trust me, they, they can track, they've got to be able to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's probably the biggest headache for them right now. And like like you pointed out, Chris, uh, you know, Ingtar realizes they're gone and asks for a report. And his people come back to me, and they're like, "Not a trace." Like I could just see the veins popping out of his forehead getting that. That's he probably lost his shit. Mm-hmm. At this point, parents starts thinking, "Well, I might be able to help." You know, at least um, you know he doesn't want to. He's super reluctant, um, but decides to go ahead and reach out and see if he can find his 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 wolf brothers and he finds them and they come flooding in, uh, reaches out for the wolves and finds and feels them. And, and I love this interchange because he tries to introduce himself to the wolves and by sending mental images. And I just love the way that the wolves communicate with each other. Like very uh, cool. that, that, yeah, it's very cool. Um, and I, I hope they do it right in the TV show because it's gonna be hard to translate that to film. Um, because you know you don't want the wolf talking because that's cheesy, um, but like it's not just like talking or a voice in your head. It's like it's it's done in images, so it's 
it's really, really strange, but it's cool at the same time, too. But yeah. It is. Before we get that far, I just want to go ahead and make the statement that in this moment, Heron is starting to regret the way he treated Rand. Mm-hmm. He said from that time, he knew something of how Rand felt, afraid of himself, feeling unclean. He was still not past that entirely. This thing he did was older than humans using the wind power, though. Something from the birth of time, which is an interesting way of putting that. Something from the birth of time. Not the power Moraine had told him. Something long vanished, now come again. So we know that there's no clear understanding of this power. And then we also realize that Karen's kind of feeling bad, so... We'll get one brothership back together here as soon as Rand makes his way out of Mm -hmm. the multiverse. (laughs) Sure. And then we move forward to the wolves and they ask him, are you Longtooth? Right, which is Elias. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's really cool that they give him such awesome names. Like, I want to be, I want a name. What can I be? Yeah. And they actually, he figures out he's already has a name and he's kind of famous among wolves because he's never met these wolves before, but they've heard about him. Uh, War <laughs> stories know, travel fast. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but he gets, he gets his, he gets his name, which is Young Bull. Um, yeah, that's what the, that's what the wolves have named Parent. So, well, I, I, I like I that. I love the description. Like, Parent sees himself a young man with heavy shoulders and a shaggy brown curls, a young man with an axe at his belt. And then you get their image, mm-hmm. which is... It's a, a wild bull with curved horns of shining metal, running through the night with the speed and exuberance of youth. Curly-haired, coat gleaming in the moonlight, flinging himself in among the white cloaks on their horses, with the air crisp and the cold and dark and blood so red on the horns... And dot dot dot, young bull. <laughs> I love that. Like when I, I read that three times, Tatanka is awesome. Tatanka, it's like uh, stand, stands with fist. Stands with fist. Yeah, the chick that knocked the dude out stands with fist. Yeah. Um. So the you know the first thing he asks is if they they he sends the scent of Rand over to the wolves to say you know have you seen Rand? Uh, they say no, we haven't seen Rand at all. We don't know what happened to him. Last time we saw him, he was with you guys and he disappeared. So we don't that <laughs> which I think it's funny too that the wolves knew, you know, had been watching them. They they knew everything. You know, they've been tracking them too. <laughs> <laughs> They're well aware of everything that's going on. Um you know, which is kind of interesting. Um and then Perrin gives the smells of the Trollocs and the wolves start to lose their shit. And then uh reluctantly Perrin gives Fane scent and then the wolves really lose their shit. Like, it's, yeah. Because um, Fane's just this horrible smell to the wolves. The wolves start going crazy. So, let's get your thoughts on the wolf's thoughts. Well, I love somebody's howling. It says, yeah. Fane's scent had put them into a frenzy as if they smelled something that made Trollocs seem natural and right. Where? Like, that was their question. So the sky rolled in his head. The land spun east and west. Wolves did not know. They knew the movement of sun and moon, the shifts of seasons, the contours of the land. Perrin puzzled it out. South. 
Like, yeah. They, so they don't know, yeah, they don't know time or directions, but they know the natural stuff around and can send images of, you know, this moon's right here and that, you know, yeah. So that's kind of goes back to my thought, like the wolves kind of validate my, my, like Satan and Sadar being, you know, in grain in the wheel of time and this concept of time like the old power there is no concept of direction or time it just is yeah so I mean, it it's, makes it's really, part of existence itself from the very beginning yeah so it makes me think maybe the two powers are just a construct of man mm. and that's why it was so easily tainted as man yeah. tried to control time Mm-hmm. And in doing so, like creating this construct in a world where there was no time and corrupting an old magic to make it new, they created Satan and Sadar. And then trying to control it all, man corrupted it further. Could be thinking way too far into it, but the wolves kind of lead me down this path. Yeah. Hey, Talk I just, you. I just, yeah, I just had another T-shirt idea. We can incorporate in there now. This it's going to be a. The millennials won't get it, but slightly older generation that watched uh, Saturday Night Live in the early nineties. Uh, remember, was it? Uh, dude that played Garth on Wayne's World, but he was Dana the, Carvey. Yeah, Dana Carvey did like the the Bible thumping old lady. The church lady. Yeah, the church lady. And he would go, mm, Satan. So instead of <laughs> Satan, be like Sadine, you know? Like, hey, are you over there channeling the power? Mm, Sadine. <laughs> I'd buy that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, back to the book. You can edit that out. Uh, <laughs> no, no, great. <laughs> so uh, I think it's important to note when it comes to when Perrin asked about uh, Rand. It's not just that they didn't know where Rand was. They actually gave him an account of um, from the wolves came a view of men on horses approaching the hollow in late day. That was the last they had seen or smelled Rand or the other two. So they were able to track. They knew where Rand and the other two were up until that point, And then even by their own account, disappeared. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I don't know, I and mean, we don't get into it here. Perrin doesn't think about it too, too much as we read, but maybe that might come into play later as a aha or a eureka moment for uh, Perrin or the wolves or whatever. So, yeah. 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 So, you know, at this point, once they get faint scent, start going crazy, he has the south. Perrin almost feels wolfish as well. You know, he starts to feel like the wolf's taking over him, like he wants to go attack as well a level of intensity to be in edible flesh and the bitter blood would burn the tongues but they must be killed kill them kill the twisted ones their fury infected him his lips peeled back into a snarl and he took a step to join them run with them in the hunt in the killing with an effort he broke the contact Mm -hmm. so it's really interesting the way that he just he loses himself into these emotions. Mm-hmm. 
I, I always find that really cool. And the yeah. way the, that it's painted, it's very vivid. It really sticks out in your mind. So I, I appreciate the way that that's done. It really draws you in and it, it makes the reading a lot quicker. Um, but then it also, I, I focus on every word. So George yeah. is a slight genius there. Yeah. And then so Perrin, like I said, breaks contact and he decides to go tell Intar. So, you know, he goes up and tells Intar reluctantly about that he can talk to Wolves and Intar's not surprised. He's like, I've heard of that. I actually knew this guy named Elias once that did the same thing. <laughs> and Perrin's like, wait, you know Elias? Like, wait, you know Elias? Wait, wait, hey, hey, you know him? Like, um, has this little weird moment. Uh, and then Perrin says, well, I can go track them with the Wolves. And Intar's like, yeah, we probably shouldn't tell the guys. Uh, we'll keep it a secret, but uh, we'll just tell him that you're a sniffer too. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll track it. Let's go. Let's do this. So before we go any further, I also want to bring to the point that these emotions were still bold and like ready to go. But then he has the internal monologue of I'm a man, not a wolf. Light help me. I am a man. So it's almost like what's more natural are the emotions that are being played out that might be something else to these different forms of magic is emotion and control or lack thereof and then conscious thought streams so Mm -hmm. i mean for our for our psychology majors out there the the wolves are very uh instinctual and they've imprinted this on their wolf brother perrin so perrin is being uh um overwhelmed by his ego and and controlled <laughs> by the ego and yet um has moments of enlightenment where he self-actualizes and recognizes that uh he is a human being interacting with other human beings and must keep this ego in check and while it is valuable and can help him and his team moving forward he cannot uh, allow this ego to to run around um um untethered yes the ego or in oh that is <laughs> the, it all no, sounds e- really good. E- ego, ego <laughs> is the base. Ego is the core of what you that's are. Like, no, and it's, it's developed. It's the base. That's ego. ego. Oh, well. Core. It's the base. As a communications major, we study psychology, <laughs> sociology, and pop culture. So. Oh well, we're gonna we're, we're gonna do some googling and then uh, we're gonna discuss in Discord after this. <laughs> yeah, we, we we might have to do Freudian psychology. If anybody wants to look awesome. up, prepared to uh, comment to us and tell us how we're completely wrong because I know that I'm not a psychology major. I know Ian's not. I know Chris is not. So I mean, I made all, all just, of that up. So I whatever. Our yeah. ass, but um, I mean. <laughs> I dated a girl that that took psychology class once. So <laughs> I, I just saw a meme on Facebook, and so I thought I would chime in with that. Ah, there, there you go. So it's, it's got to be right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, if, if it's on the internet, it's is, was it two memes sure. or just one? Two memes or one? Oh, it was two memes, and they uh, were separate memes yeah. from separate sources. Yeah, that's true. Because you know, you got the, the ego and the super ego. There are three agents, and they're distinct. Chris looked it up. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got you. So uh, it is a set of uncoordinated instinctual desires, aka his animalistic self. And so that then, is the uh huh. 
Your superego plays a critical and moralizing role, and the ego is the organized, realistic agent that meditates between the instinctual desire of the id and critical superego. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'll give it Say to you. Say it again. <laughs> my, my turn to beg. <laughs> so, jo- joke's on you. Uh, before we started this episode, I bought a couple of shares of Google, and since you just used them, you just made me money. You're and welcome. everybody on Discord that but, looked that up. But was it A share? Was, was it Alphabet A or Alphabet B? I have no idea, man. That's important. Anyway, so <laughs> continue. No oh, there's more than one Google share. <laughs> you know, it's not in Google anymore. It's Alphabet stock, and there's A share and B share. But anyway, moving oh. forward. Um, hey, look, who else? Hey, hey, tell you what. Open up Discord so everybody could get on Anchor. Who else wants to make me look dumb? Come on, Skeeterish, you want to get on here? Uh, who else? We Tree hugger. Let's pick yeah. a topic and be like, actually, you're wrong on that. Uh, Zul, yep, come correct me. Dean, Dean, what you got for me, brother? I'm sure. Tell me I'm our, wrong. All of our pronunciations have been corrected. All of our inability to <laughs> recognize Freudian theology has you know, been corrected. It, it's it's funny. Uh, the, the discourse is really quiet right now. I think they're just listening to us rant about nothing. So let's move on to will time, will time. Uh, oh yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Let's go that's here. What we're here for. Yeah, that's what that's what we're here. Anyway, so yeah, so Antar says, let's go ahead and uh, use your, your wolfy abilities. And they say, okay, for Antar announces everybody, parents are new sniffer. We're heading south, and Matt doesn't buy it at all. He's like, bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I don't, you're sniffer. <laughs> like, no, you're not. <laughs> I know you, I know you, parent. Am I, am I the only one saying, the only sane one left from Edmonds Field? Like, yeah. Matt's losing his shit. He's like, what the, what the actual is going on around here. <laughs> you mean exactly. King Matt Mathurin. Yeah. Oh lordy. So yeah. Um and so they, they head um you know down south, um follow the trail. Uh and at this point parents arguing with the wolves. Um which I thought was really cool. uh, cute. <laughs> no it, it, important. This yeah, was my first thought. If the wolves are everywhere like, why not just send the wolves forward to take care of business? But Jordan answers that in a really smart way. Uh, and that would not help them get to their end goal in retrieving the horn because the wolves right. are focused on that one task. They're going to tear apart the Trollocs. They're going to tear apart uh, Pat and Fane, hopefully, if they could. Mm-hmm. But the men, the dark friends, eh, they don't really care too much about them. So a dark friend would run off of the horn and then they'd be left with no way to track them. So right. I thought that was, that was pretty clever. Right. You know, it, it, it immediately answered my question like, well, okay, parent, just send the wolves to take care of business. So there you go. Right. And then as, as parents get these different visions and flash from the wolves, he gets the, the, the scene that Fane was in before the aftermath of that. Uh, the bodies and parent almost throws up. I mean, it's just pretty gruesome and disgusting. And um, yeah, the uh, turns to Etar says, "Yeah, what's up ahead? Uh, where the vultures are flying over there? It's pretty gross." But um, yeah, might want to go check that out. And as he says that, Etar turns around, is like, "Yeah, someone's following us." By the way, <laughs> so dun dun dun. Yeah. So rather than going checking that checking that out. We turn around and we see, you know, far off a distance, a, a rider coming, getting closer and closer and closer. And this just reminds me because it's such a fast scene 
of how fast she gets there of the Monty Pythons, uh, Holy Grail, like where the yes. two guards are outside like the castle talking to each other. And you see, I think it's Lancelot like running towards the castle and way like in the distance, way up the distance. <laughs> And they look at each other and look back. He's still at distance running and like look back. And then he's like right there and stab him all. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, that's that's my pitch with this. It's like very like, scene. Who's that? Who's oh Varen? Varen is Varen. <laughs> yeah. So Varen shows up. What are your thoughts about this? Were you excited to see Varen? Not in the slightest. Not well, well, I what... love Varen. What's crazy about how, like, our predictions are even affecting the way we read, as I read that, I'm like, ooh, maybe Chris will be right, and Varen will be the one to teach Rand or something like that, because she's clearly back in the story. You know, it yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. like a one-hit wonder. She's right back in the mix. So there's potential now, Chris, that your uh, your theory there might pan out. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping so, but the fact that he's vanished and gone away makes me think that uh, maybe she's the dark friend. Oh, Varen? All of the eyes. Yeah. She's Black Aja. <laughs> <laughs> All of them, every single one. So maybe Varen is our, our dark friend. Maybe she's the, the the scanty one that we don't want around. Maybe we okay. need to really pay attention to her. I really want it's to good. be the one to teach how to how to use the power, but I don't know. She wrote upon them awfully quick. She had an agenda. <laughs> Like, yeah. I well, want a chapter. You know, I want a chapter. Rolls of, up on you real fast around where they, we they live. Asked, they're up to no good. They asked her why she came, and she said, "Uh, she said Marine Center." You know. Well, that's what she said. If you trust your Black Aja, <laughs> <laughs> I barely trust the Black Aja. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I would love to have a entire chapter, if not a whole book, of Brown Aja and Loyal just sitting around talking about shit that they know. <laughs> like, this be I, would, I would be thoroughly entertained by that. Yeah. We should <laughs> like, ooh, that's authors. cool. <laughs> we should create that book. Yeah, make, yeah. make a fan fiction uh, yeah. where it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's like between two ferns, it's it's loyal and different brown Aja that come and hang out and talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure the pronunciation guide's correct. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, so very um, Yeah, pulled the red pin so Zul can can yeah. Phil just said in chat she'll edit it. Uh she'll, perfect. She'll, she'll be Thank the editor. You. Uh, so um Varen asks about Rand and she's confused that Rand vanished. Um, and then Varen's also interested in Perrin, but, but Moore's worried about Rand leaving. So let's talk about this interaction between everyone and Varen. She's worried about who leaving? Uh, about Rand not being there. I think she's just so hilarious. Yeah. She, but she's, so she knows what she knows, Right. And she's wicked smart. Uh, even just the, you know, words matter. So the language that Ingtar uses when he re- he responds to her that they just vanished. She didn't question it. Uh, and, and I think eventually she said, look, if you said they vanished, they vanished. But she also knows 
that doesn't mean that they snuck away because she knows these guys, just like we were talking, she knows with this group of people and their skill set, they're not just going to sneak away. So they legitimately vanished. First off, I just like the surprise that Ingtar had when she's like gone. He's like, she's like the Ogier and your sniffer. What do those two have in common? So she literally is trying to piece it together like it's a puzzle. So well, and she like dropped the thing. sniffer bomb on him. Yeah, he's like, wait, you are in it? She's like, what do you think you keep that's a secret? Nah, we got, I got you, bro. I know everything about you. She's like, I'm just more interested to uh, figure this puzzle out now. Yeah. And then I think that the bigger part is when the horn was mentioned. She, they were like, do you think it has anything to do with the horn? She's like, the horn? Like, question mark. Like she, There's no awareness of the horn. She doesn't care about it. No, no, I think not. But it is odd. Very odd. I do not like odd things until I can understand them. So that's yeah. pretty- mm-hmm. Any thoughts for you, Ian? Oh, wait, is my mic out? I just said, like, five really awesome things. I can hear it now. Did you miss it? I know I'm kidding. No, no, no. Chris, Chris got it. He nailed it. <laughs> I just nice. like um, what Matt says. It's like it's Ranchi's after, not the horn. Well, no shit. We, we we've ascertained this already, but we're glad you're catching up. Yeah. Is that concerning your voice, Matt? <laughs> or are you still yeah. jealous? You yeah. think the king of Anethra wouldn't be jealous of Ram? Well, yeah. And then we get to the end of the chapter where parents just thinking, wherever you are, Rand, just stay there. It's safer there. Dun, dun, dun. That's I get it. the feeling that uh, um, Varen knows what happened. Like, she kind of studied. She looked around. She turned around her saddle. She got her bearing. She looks back. She goes, hmm. Yeah. Well, if you say they vanished without a trace, she pauses, thinks about it a little bit. I'll ride with you. Perhaps we'll find him again, or they yeah. will find us. But yeah. like those were the two outcomes she anticipated. Inter offers to go back. It's like, nope, I trust you guys. Yeah, but, but almost like a knowing, like, no, it would be useless. They're not going to be there. Mm-hmm. We'll either run into them or they'll run into us. Yeah. But also, I have my thought that there's a tracker on Rand, and it's all those fancy clothes that he has. It's also a shield, but it's also a track. Tracer, tracker, whichever we want to use. Yeah, and possibly. She, she knows it, and maybe she can still sense it. So she senses that he's near, but he's not really near because he's in a different universe. Any other thoughts from this chapter before we move on to the next one? Nope. It was super fun. It was. Yeah. All right, moving on to chapter 15 Kinslayer. Um, and icon is, of course, the sword hilt. That's like the. Hair and mark blade, sword hilt thing going on. Um, so thoughts about, I guess, Kinslayer. So, I mean, you guys have read the chapter now, so you know where this chapter names come from. But when you first read that, what was your thoughts? Um, just making a connection back to our Eye of the World prologue. Yeah. And we've already yeah. talked about this potential multiverse type scenario and I think mm-hmm. even Chris theorized 
uh, last time predicted about how, um, you know, Rand and some of these other characters uh, might start, I don't know, was it having not visions, but remembering moments of their past lives? Uh, I don't want to quote you wrong, but um, yeah, you're right. That's exactly all, what all, Yeah, all of those things kind of have the potential when, when I read this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anything for you, Chris? Your thoughts? When I read Ken Slayer and I saw the Heron Martin Blade, all I could think was, was what did Rand do now? <laughs> or what <laughs> hasn't he done yet? Or what yeah. will he do soon? So, you know, that the name has so much depth and meaning for us already mm-hmm. that I kind of thought maybe he was going to enter into the dream the dreamscape within the multiverse and learn something new. And I'm still confused as to whether or not this was a dream or not. So okay. agreed. Yep. I'm, I'm we'll, going to be we'll this get, is one of those we'll, chapters where I listened to this chapter and I read it, but I'm going to be reading it as we're going through it again because I got a lot out of it, but I still don't think I totally understand it. Yeah, no, we'll we'll get into it. It's it's a little strange what's going on, and we start out with them with Rand looking around, and everything looks strange. Um, and when he looks far off, it like makes him dizzy because it's just things are moving weird. Like it just it doesn't make sense. Like uh, especially off in the distance, like if you look at the horizon, um, it's like the stuff's moving too fast. If that makes sense. Um, know, have, this, have you ever had have you ever had heat stroke walking through the woods? No, yeah, uh, I've, I've had heat stroke walking through by uh, you know on the side of a pool deck. But, oh. yeah. Yeah. well, that might, that might be similar, but but through the woods especially because you have moments where you can see further along towards the horizon, some that are blocked out by you know vines, bushes, trees nearby, and it's just like a constant blur because your your brain is just not operating at the right speed. So, anyways. Yeah. I, not going on a tangent, but that's what I thought of as he described sure. uh, the way shit moved around him, which is weird. Okay. And they start coming across these weird black lines like that are burnt in the ground, always running east to west. Um, they have no smell of char on them, but they're perfectly like lines, like they're man-made, not, not naturally occurring at all. Wow. Um, Before we keep going or maybe I'm going to jump ahead. No, going back. Heron. It says he concentrated on sniffing the trail as if he were trying to ignore the land the trail crossed. When the sniffer did notice what lay around them, he would give a start, wipe his hand on his coat, and then push his nose forward like a hound, eyes glazing excluding everything else. I I can envision that. So I wanted to just take a moment to read it because I think what I found myself doing in prior chapters is glazing over the language because I want to get to the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was missing out on the imagery that I enjoyed in the first book. So I just kind of want to just go back to it and just really help everybody kind of feel that again and see that again and and understand that 
we're really not in the right world. Right. And it really is pushing people to be slightly crazed. I mean, Loyal, his ears twitched uneasily and he was muttering to himself. And, and those are big that? ears. So to twitch him <laughs> takes effort. Like he's burning massive amounts of calories to twitch those gigantic ears. And then it was yeah. Rayan that really paid attention to the burning and how he, he noticed them more than once. And it says he suspected they were all the same. It's just a little bit confusing. Yeah, I never put two and two together on the burn marks so much. I don't, I don't know. So on the on the uh, Hurin thing, uh, in in the um, column, I just wrote discipline. And when I wrote that, I was giving credit to him for being able to stay focused on his task despite all the stuff going on. Um, but to your point, like that, that shouldn't have been a surprise to me considering – the group of people he comes from and in the normal world, he would just stick to his job. Ingtar would say, all right, sniff and we'll follow. And he would just sniff and he would stick to it. And it would be easy to not be distracted. But the fact that he actually takes a moment or, or Jordan does takes a moment to show that, you know, um, just the world around them was distracting. It made him take a glance and be like, Ugh, and kind of like have to, you know, shift his focus and get right back into it. So, yeah, you're right. And he is clearly bothered by it. Yes. So, yeah. So I also, yeah, so after we get to all that, I want to talk about just how all this stuff looks too. Like, as we described. Old, yet nothing had come in to reclaim the land. Black gave way to green and green gave to black along knife edge lines. Prior to that, it said that like the land looked as if someone had streaked it with a monstrous brush fire. It said Mm -hmm. nothing grew. So it's almost like this is a copy of the world that somebody wrote off. Like, ah, we're going to create the world. Ah, wait, no, it's not good enough. Yeah, we'll keep it moving. We're going to go on to the next one. Oops, I broke yeah. it. Let's yeah. do it again. Let's do it again. But and we'll, is this yeah. like the the end result of some massive battle? Mm-hmm. Like exactly. where maybe you, know, you had you had some dragon who can wield the power? I don't know. Instead of yeah. like a multiverse, this is like an iteration of the world. Because we have the wheel continually repeating itself. Maybe this was world number 153 and Rand, the current Rand is from, or uh, Lewin, I can't, I'm never going to pass the name Lu- right. Loose Theron? Loose Theron. Like maybe this is um, his 153 and then Rand is 183. So. The Neo effect. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe there is some sci-fi to all this as well as magic. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, so like whenever there's uh, stories of either time travel or multiverse, like parallel universes, or like what you're suggesting, like I try to picture in my mind physically what it might look like. And what you're suggesting in, in my mind, you have just this circle. And when you look at it straight on, you just see one circle. But if you were to turn and look to the side there's almost like an infinite number infinite number of circles that are lined up together and so you could travel along those and they're the same iteration of time with slight different changes different choices that were made different 
people acting as heroes. So like the history kind of unfolds differently. Mm-hmm. If anyways, that, that's how I picture like it. one of those books where you, Oh, go to page five. If you think this happened or go to page seven, if that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Or, choose your own we're adventure. In 14, <laughs> we're in 14 books worth of choose your own adventure. Yeah. And the Alzamon's the one running the show. Try to guide Rand on which which chapter to choose. Yeah. So yeah. So a couple other things too. There's like there's no life in this world. That's another so thing. There are no out. birds or animals. Not that Rand saw or heard. No hawks <laughs> wheeling in the sky. No barking of a hunting fox. No birds singing. Nothing rustling the grass or lit on a tree branch. No bees, no butterflies, several times across streams, the water shallow, though often it had dug itself to a deep gully with steep banks. The horses had to scramble down to climb to the other side. I think that the only thing that was really exceptional is the fact that it says the water itself was uh, ran clear, except for the mud of the horses' hooves. So the only thing that was constant in this was water. Yeah. And the water was safe to drink, but it tasted just flat, like lifeless, just meh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. It, it was like that great value water versus getting the Aquafina. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> it was it's cold like was water. and wet, but that was yeah. the best they could do. Exactly. And then uh, Rand starts looking up and sees the sky uh, and sees these weird, basically chemtrails, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looked yeah. up at the sky. Actually, this is a big computer game. Yeah. It's a giant computer. It's a giant and... computer. And they are now <laughs> on saved version 53. When Ransom saved version 153. <laughs> oh, yeah. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, that's, that's how it all ends. Is uh, It says game over, and you realize there's just some guy playing a video game. The entire yep, time. I believe that 100%. Yeah. Yep, yep, that's, that's the end. <laughs> um, but it says, like, it, he gives a lot of detail to the lines, which is really cool. It says, twice he saw a wisp streak crawling across the sky. Like a line drawn with clouds. The lines were too straight to be natural, it seemed. But he could mm-hmm. not imagine what might make them. Yeah. He did not mention the lines to the others. Perhaps they did not see. Hearn intended on the trail, <clears throat> excuse me, intent on the trail as he was and loyal drawn in on himself. They said nothing of the lines at any rate. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, it's these kind of remind me. I, I joked around saying Kim trails, the contrails of jet of jet planes. Uh, when, yeah, when, you know this. Uh, I like think it's reboot. Reboot. Yeah, you remember that old cartoon where they were like viruses in the system? And... I don't think I saw that one. Oh man, you'll have to Google it later. All right, I'll I'll check it out. I like it. All right. Well, at, at this point, Loyal goes over to a tree and starts singing. And it's the most beautiful thing in the entire world. Ah. 
Well, <laughs> it, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it's the most beautiful thing in the world. It was a different song, a little bit more somber. Yeah, but the trees are like change and it mesmerizes everyone because, you know, an ugly sing, it's still beautiful no matter whether or not uh, the whole earth resonates like it did before. It's still mesmerizing. Well, what makes me nervous is, I'm sorry, but we we got to point it out. Like, there's no Jordan. Jordan doesn't give us the viewpoint of the tree, right? <laughs> so, was the tree okay with Loyal doing this, or did Loyal just did Loyal just take this from the tree? I mean, it's, it's don't look, up look, if Loyal just took look, it. Loyal answers that question. <gasps> Hold on. See, I told you I'll be reading this as we. Uh huh. Does he now? Yeah, because uh, he because Rand realizes he made a quarter staff. He says, "I thought Ogiers didn't have weapons," um, and he starts going on his whole entire that normally doesn't. But then he says something along the lines like, "The tree actually wanted me to make the weapon." Really? Hold on. Wait, I gotta find it now. Yeah. This is in his hands, Loyal held a staff as tall as he was, and as thick as Rain's forearms, smooth and polished where the trunk had been, a new giant's broom. And then it says, I didn't know Ogier carry weapons, Loyal. So usually we do not. Usually the price has always been too high. Elder Hammond would surely say, I am putting a long handle on my axe but I am not uh, just being hasty or rash, Rand. This place, and says he shivered, his ears twitched. We'll soon find our way back, Rand said. The loyal said, um, everything is linked, Rand. Whether it lives or not, whether it thinks or not, everything that is fits together. The tree does not think, but it is part of the whole, and the whole has a, a feeling. I cannot explain any more than I can explain what being happy is, but Rand, this land was glad for a weapon to be made. Glad. See, I don't know. Uh, like, <laughs> he's saying this, he's saying it after the fact, and it kind of sounds like Loyal is saying, uh, yeah, I just took this club, but the, the, the tree liked it. The tree wanted it. Still haven't heard from the tree. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, respect for loyal, but um, I don't know. Anyways, well, well, kind of, you know, I, I, oh. <laughs> I was being stupid. I apologize. No, like this, <laughs> this part here, like this particular land wanted a tree to be made based on a feeling within that land, or within this moment in time, within this memory. And you made the comment, maybe this was a battle scene. Maybe yeah. it's a losing battle scene. Maybe this world is ending or is being ended and the land itself wants to fight back. Yeah, the land sees Loyal and is like, uh, we need to hook this dude up. Yeah. Perhaps they will so, get revenge. In book 10, we will find out the answer. Well, there a couple of chapters ago, I wasn't sure how long ago it was. One of you guys asked, you know, do this Loyal ever fight? Well, now he's a weapon, so maybe. We're heading in that direction. <laughs> Still no, but. Well, we're maybe. getting there. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, I think he's a kung fu master. Oh, everyone was kung fu fighting. Anyway, um, so they continue on the trail uh, after this. Um, Loyal says he doesn't like this place. Something strange about it, and even even Hurin says like the like the trail smells weird. Like he just says something strange about it. Like it's like a memory. It's not. It's like he's remembering the trail. It's not like it normally is. So, what are your thoughts about that? Look, I told you when this started. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't, what else do you want from me? Uh, no, 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 no. No, it's just uh, it's just strange. Yeah, Eddie. There's dozens of trails crossing it all the time. Dozens and dozens. And all sorts of smells of violence, like just mm-hmm. there was some sort of massive battle here. Yeah, huh. yeah, and you know, at this point, Rand starts thinking about Fane, and he thinks about you know, Fane saying it's never over, all Thor. Um, and so, I mean, Rand's just kind of getting to his own headspace a little much. And this whole this whole land beat all strange is kind of messing with them anyway. And at this point, they've made camp, and Ranch is kind of thinking more and more and more. So he decides to try to distract himself. He works through sword forms. Uh, that helps a little bit, but then after he stops, starts coming back. So he plays the flute a little bit, thinks of Tom. That helps a little bit. But, you know, he's just trying to distract himself. And I, I like how he kind of goes through these motions because this is something that definitely when I'm stressed, I'll go through some similar type things where I'll just work on something, our project, or I'll – like go play video games. I don't know. It just depends on what the stress level is, and but try to distract myself from it. Yeah. Well, before we go that far, I do want to revisit the the answer that was given. Sure. He said there's a dozen trails crossing. Excuse me. He said it's like I'm remembering it, Lord Rand, instead of smelling it, but I'm not. There's dozens of trails crossing it all the time. Dozens and dozens, and all sorts of smells of violence. Some of them fresh, almost only washed out like everything else. This morning, right after we left the hollow, I could have sworn there were hundreds slaughtered right under my feet just minutes before, but there weren't any bodies, and not a mark on the grass, but our own footprints. A thing like that couldn't happen without the ground being torn up and bloodied. But there wasn't a mark. It's all hmm. like that, my lord. But I am following the trail. Again, that idea of the universe is layered on top of each other, or the wheel yeah. continually repeating and just looping and put over and over and over, and the same track being repeated over and over and over again. But it's not just happening currently. It's going to be happening in the future, which is not the future for people that are there in the present. And so, you know, our sniffer is confused because he's in essentially a point of purgatory where everything is and was and will be is right there at the forefront for him. Like this one shadow world where all of those circles of time kind of overlap. So yeah. all of those instances just happened and also happened thousands of years ago and are also happening in future 
turns the wheel. But yeah, yeah. So he looks at this one spot, and like you said, dozens of trails. Well, some of them may be super old. Some just happened. Some going to happen in the future. They're all kind of converging. Yeah. Ooh, he said yeah. He didn't say sure. He said yeah. Huh, we, sure. got, we got one, Chris. Sure. Chris, we got sure. one. <laughs> we got a win. <laughs> Shadow World. Shadow World. Yeah. So, anyway, so now we're back to Rand playing the flute and working on sword forms at the same time. He's really multi talented. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he takes the first watch. Or I don't know if it's the first watch, but he takes one. And, and Hurin and and Loyal go to sleep. And as he's sitting there just thinking to himself, he kind of gets lost his thoughts and re- doesn't realize it and looks around like, wait, there's fog here. And the fog's really thick. And all you can see is like kind of like these mounds of where bodies are because the fog's kind of rolled over. And he goes to, to touch his sword and somebody speaks behind him. Swords don't. Swords do no good against me. Mm-hmm. You should know that. Yep. And Rand turns and sees the man come come through, and it is our good friend Bialzaman. Dun dun dun. <laughs> but it but it's a dream. It has to be. I fell asleep, and Bialzaman yeah. laughs. Yeah. You always try to deny what is. If I stretch out my hand, I can touch you, Kinslayer. I can always touch you. Always and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, in that, I don't think he he's talking that. about. I don't think he's talking about right then and there, like oh, in this no. dream or whatever. He's talking metaphorically, like uh, just remember, everywhere. yeah, you're you're in this shadow world, uh, but I just wanted to remind you that I could get you here also. Like it doesn't matter where you travel, physically, metaphysically, whatever. I got you, boo. Mm-hmm. Ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no green no cloud enough to baby. <laughs> and that's the second T-shirt design we came up with in this. <laughs> Basilman said, "I have music around. Oh Lord, I would, I would buy that shirt. <laughs> the flaming eyes and everything with yeah. that. Put Ah, uh, it's perfect. Uh, uh, anyways, you're gonna have fun editing this later. Oh yeah, no, I'll leave all this in. This okay. is all let, it, let it ride. Let it ride. <laughs> yeah, he so, said, I know. He said, I know you, know your blood, and your line back to the first spark of life that ever was, back to the first moment. You can never hide from me. Never. We are tied together, surely as two sides of the same coin. Ordinary men may hide in the sweep of the pattern, but Tavirans stand out like beacons, fires on a hill, and you stand out as if 10,000 shining arrows stood in the sky to point you out. You are mine and ever in reach of my hand. Mm -hmm. Like, the first moment was a specific happening. So it's like the Big Bang, boom. You're here. Right. I sense you. I feel you. And then he's like, I know your blood. I know your line. So is 
Rand just a descendant that will be able to tap into his ancestors' memories, or hmm. he's the next Neo? Yeah, right. which yeah. take? <laughs> in Baltimore, keeps calling him Loose Theron. It's kind of like pissing Rand off. He's like, "I'm not Loose Theron. I'm Rand." He goes, "I don't care what name you're using right now. You're you're Loose Theron." Yeah. yeah. I know, I know your name before you were loose there too, by the way. Uh, Especially because we already went over this. He's not truly an Althor. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, um, so yeah, loose there. Um, keeps calling that. Uh, kind of goes through also that what Tar Tarvalon told him that, you know, they're going to use him. Mm-hmm. Um He's like, father of lies, you're well-named. If you could just take me, why haven't you? Because you can't. I walk in the light, and you cannot touch me. Yeah. Rand's getting a little sassy with him. You know, it's uh... (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I killed you once, I'll kill you again. Yeah. Exactly. So how about uh, Basilman's line about the girl? He says, um, the girl who tries to watch over you, a poor guardian and weak. If she had a lifetime to grow, she would never grow strong enough for you to hide behind. And then Rand thinks, a girl who? Moraine is surely not a girl. Well, I didn't take that as him talking about Moraine. Who's the one that's always trying to look after him? That's either going to be Nynaeve or Egwene. Now, see, I thought more Nynaeve. She was the yeah. mother hen, for sure. I'm all about Nynaeve being the one. Yep. So, so when, when Rand <laughs> thought Moraine, I was like, why would you think Moraine? Like... Especially Rand. Rand thinks Moraine is like trying to set him up and everything, and then somebody talks about a girl trying to look after him, and he thinks of Moraine. What uh, this kid is? This kid's brain is fried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, possibly, maybe, maybe. Um, Remember, it's all just one big mushroom trip. Yeah. So what do you guys think about all this conversation? I mean, there's a lot that happened. This is a, probably, I would say, the longest conversation that Rand has with Balsamox. Like, in the other dream sequences, they end pretty quickly. This one kind of goes back and forth for a while. Um, uh, and, and it, it kind of takes this weird turn where it's almost like not as, I don't know, it, it, it felt different to me when I first read it. I love the statement. Sometimes old enemies fight so long that they become allies and never realize it. They think they strike at you, but they have become so closely linked, it is as if you guide the blows yourself. Mm-hmm. And Rand's like, you don't know me. <laughs> yeah. But he posed, he being Beelzebub, just started posing questions. After question, after question, yeah. highlighting all of Rand's doubts. And he's like, I do know you. Like, is the mm-hmm. Aes Sedai good or is she bad? Is she one yeah. of the Alzheimer's or isn't she? Can the White Tower yeah. protect? Will the White Tower release the hounds against him? Do I lie? Do I lie when I say I seek the horn? He laughed a calm voice. He's like, like, all of these things, like you have all this doubt, and I know all of your doubt, and I know the answers to your doubt because I've seen it played out. Just join me, I'll give you the answers, I'll tell you it all, I'll make you one of my own. Like, he just goes into 
just like the grave belongs to the great lord of the dark. This time, if you die, you will be destroyed utterly. This time, the will will be broken, whatever you do, and the world remade to a new mold. Serve me, serve Shaitan, or be destroyed forever. Yeah, hmm. see, there he's relying. See, Basilman is relying on something that's slightly different uh, on his part. This time, uh, the Great Lord of the Dark owns the grave, so that's what's different from times before, right? Right. Uh, and he mentions other things that are different. So you find odd followers. You always did these two, and he talks about those and like. So there's some things that are similar, but some things that are slightly different. But it's those slight, minute differences that may also give Rand the advantage also that might make this the final battle. Uh, and I feel like tonight's like a Matrix night because there's so much like sci-fi reference, at least the way I mm-hmm. read it. But mm-hmm. um, so what was the final Matrix called? The third one? Is it Revelations? Re- uh revolution, revolution. So, so it's, no revolution, wait hold on revolution. so it's matrix the matrix first one then it's matrix reloaded and then okay. and then matrix revolution okay so in the end I of think, that uh, like the final fight scene smith starts to recognize agent smith starts to recognize what's going on and he's like wait a minute i remember this this is familiar to me you were there and i stood here and then i said and uh, I think he ends up uh, quoting the uh, what's her name, the prophecy lady. Uh, yeah, but the, anyway, the so it, yeah, yeah, the, the oracle. So it was like something slightly different, and there was something slightly different about Neo, and he was able to defeat him. So, like, I got that as I'm reading this. Like, but Mr. Smith was Neo. I mean, he was the one. Oh, <laughs> well, we can have a debate about that also. <laughs> Um, but uh, this, these, these are two people. They were each other's foe that, that they fought hundreds, if not thousands, if not maybe even a million times over. Who knows how many times, how many generations of this there was? And and that line that you were reading about sometimes older enemies fight so long that they become allies and never realize it, and they're just so their destinies are so intertwined. Uh, but sometimes there's an iteration of the loop that there's just a slight difference. There's just something that changes in just the right way that it, that it actually breaks it and one's able to defeat the other. Mm-hmm. And, and Biazelman's getting over cocky because he thinks all the changes are playing out in his favor. And Rand's naive, not, uh, naive, naive <laughs> uh, and doesn't know what's going on. So he doesn't know what the change might be that could be helping him. But, I'm, you know. He also so gives good. away a clue the power that Rand truly could tap into. And he says, look at me, Kinsley, and see the hundredth part of your own faith. And he says, this mm. is what the power unchecked can do even to me, but I feel I know the paths to greater power. It will burn you like a moth fly into a furnace. So he's yeah. like admitting to the very simple fact that he could be outmatched, but he's got the one up of he can be healed. Yeah. Oof. Which is only a hundredth part. So it's like if only Rand could learn how to control the power. Yeah. 
Well, and so there's there's the dangling carrot. Um, and I'm sure Biazaman knows the predicament that Rand is in. You know, he's channeled. He doesn't want to go crazy. The conversation he's had with Moraine and others, like there's no one that exists that we know of so far that can train him in it. So what does he tempt him with? I can teach you to control that power so that it does not destroy you. No one else lives who can teach you that. Um, Mm -hmm. Man, as I'm reading this, I'm sitting here going, is this going to be one of those really strange freaking twists where Rand actually, uh, you know, consents and starts working with Beelzebub just so he can learn and not go nuts? Like, is that, is that going to happen? Sure. Possibly. <laughs> when Patton Thane becomes strong in Biazaman, then it's going to happen. Book nine. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when Neo goes to the mainframe and goes to the creator and strikes the deal with him and is like, hey, I don't like you. You don't like me. But guess what? We got this Agent Smith motherfucker over here that we need to deal with. <laughs> Right? <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Pat and Bane is going to be that wrench. Yep. So, and then after all this, uh, Beazamon starts to heat up Rand's sword. Um, it turns like burning hot and starts to burn his hands. And at this point, Rand seeks the void and snaps everything back to normal, and everything's good until he sees his hand. And there's a brand of a heron on his hand. Yeah, so in, I was I was drinking. I was drinking when I read this. And um so by the time I got to the end of the third chapter of the chapters we were reading, uh I was I had been drinking for a little bit. And the only thing that popped in my mind was I kind of want a uh heron mark tattoo. Like I think that yeah. that'd be cool. But I don't want it on my hand. That would be yeah. awkward. Um but I might get one. Yeah. Thinking about it. Yeah. Get a heron tattoo. Yeah. That'd be quite cool. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Exactly. I get a brand. You know, you can get brands. You know, I'm a pass on that because then people will be like, "Yo, where'd you do your time?" And I'm like, "Wait, what? I, I didn't. <laughs> I never did any hard time. It's no. It's Come, HHS. <laughs> I mean, what, what, exactly. What, <laughs> School what, hard knocks. <laughs> I mean, one of one of my tattoos is tapped in. I mean, I have a bamboo. It was done with bamboo. Tapped in, yeah. So it's kind of, kind of, kind of similar. I mean, yeah, that's different. You get, those, you got to travel there and earn that. If you find someone stateside that does it, you're cheating yourself. Yeah, I mean, no, if, I, was, if, I, was over, I was overseas in in Eastern Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you yeah. make the trip, sure, sure, yeah. Or get my bamboo tattoo, where it was where it was definitely not sanitary at all, and I probably got like five different types of diseases. That's why I got my shots before I went, so it protected me from all that crap. Shot, shot, uh, shot, shot. <laughs> and but over there, remember, medicine's different in that part of the world. So when he says yeah. he got his shots, they gave him two shots of whiskey and then one of this bathtub gin, and those were the shots right. he got. Oh, and then some crushed up uh, dragon balls and some bird nest soup, and <laughs> then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you're all um, yeah. So we end we end the chapter with with Heron with a uh, Heron Mark Brand on his hand, as he realizes that the dream wasn't or if it was a dream, whatever it was, was somewhat real. 
So final thoughts on all these chapters. Can't wait to read. Okay. So I have to ask favorite character from these chapters. We had a lot of characters. Man. We we had a parent chapter. We had I mean the other two chapters really had three characters. Oh, four if you include Balsamon. But yeah, Loyal, Hearn, Rand, uh, and then Balsamon. And then you had Inktar and Perrin. A little bit, you know. And our brown Aja. And Varen. And Varen. So. I, you want to go, you go first. You always have me go first. You go first, Chris. Who you got? Uh, I know who I got. I won't change. I'm going to, I'll write it on my hand. It's still Moraine. (laughs) She's still playing things from the background. She's manipulating it all. No. (laughs) Let's see here. Who's my favorite one? one (laughs) It's Moraine. No, but she's my girl. Like, I love Moraine. Um, and at the end of the day, like, she's still in control of, of Rand. But, and like, his path, his chosen, his chosen path is really being dictated by all of the safeguards and things she's put into place. But if I have to pick a character from the chapters, um, I really like how we're beginning to develop. Karen and Loyal, and if I had to pick between the two right now, it's got to be Perrin. Yes, sir. Perrin? Yes, sir. We're in agreement. Perrin all the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were there were other things that, I don't know. I mean, I, I felt bad for some other guys. Car, so, like, because he's now having to go through real chaos. Mm-hmm. And I like it when Jordan's forcing his characters to develop a side of themselves that they're not liking of. Yeah. Because then you really get to see whether or not they can hold it together, whether or not there's something more to them as characters as a whole. Like, I have a feeling in the next few chapters, Ingtar is going to have like a nervous breakdown if Rand doesn't show up. Yeah. Like, you know, he was ready to turn around to take Our Lady Aes Sedai for him back, but he's probably, like, had a breath of relief when she's like, nope, let's move forward, because he's essentially failed in his part of his mission. Yeah. Like, he knows how important Rand is, and Rand's gone, and he lost his tracker. Like, he lost two vital members. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and, and as a leader in a position like that and in a journey like this, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's, I mean, it's never good when you lose somebody, but if you lose somebody in the heat of a battle, it's, it's something you can stomach because you knew what you were getting into and, and you know what happened. But right now, having lost them, uh, that's, that's worse than somebody dying over a stupid accident. Like that there's the unknown. You know, and at some point, like if let's say they got the horn and they went back and their mission's over and he had a report to his hires. Well, what happened to this person, this person, this person? He has to answer with, I don't know. And that's you lose sleep over the I don't knows. That's a bad one. I will say Moraine was a very close second. And that's because um, ever since I knew that Miss Pike was playing Moraine, I cannot pick up this book without thinking about her. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and the the next two chapter names i want to get your guys uh reactions to those uh two chapters next week we have in in the mirror of darkness 
this is where this is where Rand des, uh, decides to team up with Beelzebub to learn his superpowers. But but it's with a nudge and a wink. He knows he's gonna learn from him and then beat him up later. Yeah. Oh man! In the mirror of darkness. Darkness. I'm just gonna keep with my multiverse theme. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. Or my my layer verse. Okay. Is that a real thing? Like layer verse. Layer. Sure. It, it is now. Well, in, in, in in that vein, maybe we get an opportunity to to see um, how the world would look or how things played out um, if if Rand were to fail, or or yeah. in one of these iterations where the the Dark Lord actually was victorious. Right. Hmm. And then the other chapter of reading is going to be Ian's favorite chapter, which is <laughs> voices. It's like we, we give Moraine a bunch of crap, but I really do feel like she is the one that's having to make a lot of choices. And so though they may not have the choices, she's having to make them for the greater good. And we know that it's a very limited group that's actually doing it. So Maybe we're going to have some moraine pop up. Yeah. Yeah, baby. I'm just not. I'm just not even going to comment anymore. If we run into chapters called choices, I'm going to ask that you all go back to our first couple of choices chapters, and (laughs) and you'll know my thoughts on that. (laughs) Funny, not funny, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Choices. Anyway, so that does it for this episode. Unless you guys have anything else before I sign off. Now this was fun. Okay, cool. So how we can be found. You can be found at uh, The Will Reads, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Reads at gmail.com is our email address. Also, think about joining Patreon. Um, We opened up our Discord tonight for a live recording to everyone. Uh, normally, that's reserved for Patreon only. Um, you can join for a dollar a month, and you get live recordings every week. Um, but normally, I, I, we decided to open it everyone. Just every once in a while, we will open it everyone. But if you want to continually come back, we do it every week to our Patreons. Get them in there. Um, so lots of other good tiers as well besides the one dollar one. But that's the start. Uh, that's the lowest. We, that's, that's how low we go. Uh, so, um, but, and a- but Alan hasn't actually put it out there, but for $3,000, I will fly to where you're at and I will cook you a meal. Yeah. Pretty much pays for plane ticket, the ingredients for, uh, the food in the hotel and a bottle uh, of 1800 tequila and about 1800 tequila. And then we make about $2 off that trade. So, you know. <laughs> if they're in New Zealand, we might lose money, but you know what? I'm going to roll yeah. the dice here. But yeah, yeah, we might actually lose money if you live in New Zealand. Uh, if, if definitely not, or or yeah, Noden, um, would live in Southern Australia, you'll probably lose money. But anyway, so um, Discord, like I mentioned before, we have that as well. Our Discord server is a great place to be. Um, we have first time readers and veteran readers alike. We love first time readers. We love interacting with them hearing their hot takes and thoughts. Uh, we love our veterans as well uh, to help guide first-time readers. And it's a really, really wonderful place just to hang out, talk, chat with people about Will of Time. You know, other stuff as well. We, we, we share memes and 
and all sorts of funny things and, and, and have completely non wheel of time conversations often. So to, over 200 people are just switched server. Still a great time. Nonetheless, um, we'll be at 300 in like a week. So <laughs> that's being that I have two actual friends in real life. 200 is a lot of freaking people. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, next week will be four hundred. Then next week will be five hundred. That's that's yeah. That's that's basically the way we're gonna do this. Um, you know, my my goal actually was to like maybe be at a hundred people at this point or Discord server. Like, so we're way above what I thought we'd ever be. So very very <laughs> happy uh, with all the growth. I thought we'd have half the number of patrons. I thought we'd have half the number of of people listening to us. So um, thank you, everyone. You guys were all awesome and rock. And the more people we have listening to us, the more stuff I'm going to give away. So keep it up. Um, Cause I like, I actually like to give away stuff. Um, I was talking to actually Matt Hatch from Dusty wheel about that the other night. Um, we'd love to giveaways. It's fun. Um, not, not just for promotion, <laughs> purposes, but I don't know, I've always been one person that, that just loves giving stuff away. Like, um, yeah, we yeah, joke about I, it, but we I we are not. Too. Here to make money. for me to give them my credit card debt. Then <laughs> debt, credit card debt. There you go. <laughs> but like even, even like I mean, I think about growing up. Like even even like um, when I was early in my career, we used to fry turkeys, and on Thanksgiving in America, we give away turkeys to needy families. And like we we did all sorts of stuff. Um, I just love giving yeah. away. Stuff. But yeah, anyway, yeah, fun times. But yeah, like like review, rate us, share us, tell everybody about us, spread it to the cows come home, whatever that saying is. Yeah. Um, and we love you guys. So I'm gonna sign off. You guys anything else? Until next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Wheel of Reads. See y'all next time. <laughs>